Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Scouser podcast. I am your host, as always, Timuchin, here in Chicago, and joined by the usual gang. We got Gally. What's happening, Gally? Not much. Just uh, hanging out, chilling, ready to talk about another wonderful match. Uh, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. And speaking of glorious, we got Bickler with us going with the hoodie look today what's happening is it cold in the stadium over there like a bad day or dude what? it got cold i woke up this morning and it was frigid it would drop below 70 down here which if you know anything about north carolina it's time to break out the snowsuits <laughs> yeah must be nice must be nice but when it's 70 is over here we're kind of like i'm like oh nice day out there kind of deal so okay so last week bickler was late and would you guys believe it today bickler was not only on time slightly early so that was a shocker by itself but last week i had forgotten about trivia since you know bickler entered the mid-conversation i didn't want to have a chance to go back but this week there is no running away from it so Here's this week's question. This is actually a good one. Uh, BJ submitted this one, uh, as always. Number So out of the top 10 players with most appearances of all time, okay, one of those players are not from the UK. Uh, see, BJ is here. Which player in the top 10 of all time appearances is not from the United Kingdom? Appearances for what? For Liverpool. This is a Liverpool podcast. Oh. Welcome to the podcast, Bickler. Well, I, mean, um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Could have been Brighton. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's that's probably next. Um, <laughs> we're headed that way. But for Liverpool appearances all time, one player not from the United Kingdom, from that, from that neighborhood. Which player is that? Bickler, let's start with you. Take a wild guess. <laughs> you jerk. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what you get, buddy, for picking on the question. I thought this was an easy one, actually. I hate to, you know, toot my horn. You guys know me, but I got this one. Yeah, I'm sure you would have just nailed it had you not had the answer in front of you. Um, let me I see. I'll, I'll go. This isn't right, but I go Dirk out with the Netherlands, but I don't think that's right. Hmm. Galley. What do you have? Gally's like looking at the encyclopedia or some shit over there. Like, encyclopedia? <laughs> I have yeah, no fucking clue. How old are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm I was old. just going to say encyclopedia. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It Wait, you got a phone longer. book over there? You look like you were shuffling or something. I was like, what are you shuffling? It's not pages. I'd be, I'd be picking shit over. I'd be fucking looking for fucking volume seven. <laughs> looking at the letters. Damn it. Wrong Fuck one. Oh, Christ. man. The good old days. The good old days. The kids have it easy these days. I mean, I want to just say Elijah Scott purely because that's what Alan in the chat tells me. Um, but it's not. I I have no fucking clue. Outside actually, of the U, outside it, of the UK. Yes. Is that what you said? Yes. And anytime you guys word it like this, I'm trying to like figure this out. This is where we get in an argument where Ireland falls on that spectrum. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Let's not go yeah. into a freaking like geography contest <laughs> over here. This is like Bickler. You're entering into Bickler territory. Even Bickler didn't go there. I was expecting him to, but he did not. So, <laughs> so like, he was like, like Falkland Islands or some shit. So, I expect Jamie <laughs> to pile in here with the history lesson. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, this is actually the guy who made Got me it. a Liverpool fan. Nope. Galley, I've stalled as long as I can for you. Come you on. did. 
and you did, and I think you got me. It was the freaking wobbler himself, the goalie, um, yes. the cop connect guy, Rob Wobbler. Yes, Bruce Wobbler. Yes, yep. was the Isn't player. He the... He's actually there. You go. See, Jamie is like Island is not. I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> he was probably just laying back, had to go find the phone just to be able to type that over. That was the face. easiest troll job all week. <laughs> but yeah, he is actually number nine on the list with 628 appearances. And he is the only one not from the UK. But well, he would have to be a sense. keeper. Yeah, yeah he's actually like sense. a guy, like when I was watching that final, like the very first time. I it might have been the first time I watched Liverpool actually, but that's kind of like how it all how it all, all started. Um, South Africa is definitely not from the UK, says uh, BJ. But this is like going to be mm -hmm. end of like a geography lesson over here. I mean, accents. Where is close. he from? Where is he from, Gally? He is from uh, South Africa, isn't he? I don't think so. Is he? Now you got me questioning it. He's African, yeah. or he's from Africa. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That is correct. Is it? He's South African. He's not. Yes, really? I was right. You got me going for a second. I was no way. Ah, uh, Alan is here to save the day. Zimbabwe? Bashing. I hate to say it, but I'm going to have to oh, go wow. the American bashing over here and jump on the bandwagon with Jamie. But geography is definitely something not taught in schools. I know from my own daughters as well, but born in South Africa, then moved to Rhodesia, which became Zimbabwe, but he has played for the Zimbabwe national team. That's what I you know. Like that's kind of bullshit, you though, because he's a real you know, South what, Africa. Take it or leave it. I make the rules right here for trivia. If somebody, asked me, if somebody asked me where you were from, I'd say fucking Turkey. If they asked okay. me where you yeah. played football, I'd say in America, in college here in the United States. So there. Well, I played in Turkey and I played in England too. The UK, if you will. It was in Ireland. I was in London. But okay, well, that's it for trivia. Take it or leave it. This is why we avoided it last week. I didn't want to bring it back in. But hey, it's the best segments of the broadcast. Where we don't have to. We only for get you. to bash you guys instead of bashing yeah. the team. So obviously, we're going to have to talk about this misery over here from Saturday. You see the lineup there. So... Even if we have problems with the lineup, Bickler, you know, Klopp kind of said it. There's a lot of other things that go into the equation. You know, how many minutes people can play in a national team, blah, blah. So we don't have all the facts. So let's go with this lineup right here and say this is the best we have. I guess it kind of goes back to the fact that we do not have backup wingers in some ways, especially for the right side. Maybe we could have flipped them all to the other side. But, okay, let's get past that and look at this lineup. When I saw the lineup, I mean, obviously the front line, like you, the biggest question is Carvalho, right? I mean, the rest of the lineup is pretty much our, like, you know, ideal 11, probably. I mean, obviously, Robertson is not there, but but when I saw the midfield, I was like, hey, you know, we're going to have to rely on the midfield. I think I even said in the Discord channel, we're going to have to rely on that midfield to kind of like compensate for everything else if Carvalho can't play as a winger. What the hell went wrong because it did not happen? I mean, can we just do trivia today? Can we do like two or three <laughs> trivia questions instead? Like that's how miserable this is. Um, I I didn't have as big of a product a problem with the lineup as most people did, just because I mean, if you look at it feasibly, we know how we treat players coming back from international duty. 
we have Rangers in like 72 hours after this match. Like, so I understood it. Carvalho's played up top before. He did it for Fulham occasionally. So it's not like a completely foreign position. And Klopp was very clear at the beginning of the year that a lot of opportunities and minutes were going to come for Carvalho up top, um, which I don't love. But, I mean, the fact is, is he's another player we bought that plays in a different system and a different formation than what we do. So we knew it was going to be uh, interesting to see how this works out. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. I thought the criticism of Carvalho was interesting to me because to me, he was the brightest spot on the pitch for the first 25 minutes of that match. I thought he was the only one who consistently pressed going forward. I thought he created problems and made them uncomfortable on that side on the press. I thought he ran his nuts off for the first like 30 minutes of that match. Um, so I was pretty happy with this performance to be quite honest uh, in comparison. Um, but the rest of the lineup, I thought, I mean, it makes sense. Um, it's just unfortunately, it's just unfortunate that we have four or five world-class players in that starting 11 that are playing the worst football of their entire career at the same time. At the same time, yeah, I guess. I mean, with yeah. Carvalho, he was running all over the place, but it, it always seemed like he was in odd places, and I could not tell initially if that was by design or he was kind of losing himself and, like, doing the pressure in the wrong spots. And obviously, you know, when you listen to Klopp afterwards, uh, you know, he doesn't want to pile on the defense. It's like team de defending, and obviously if midfield and the starts from the front and everything like that. But still, Carvalho is, like, the least of our problems probably – out of all these freaking problems that we have, Gally, which one would you pick as our biggest problem? Our, our greatest problem is, is that we can't defend. Like, and, and it's not Trent, and it's not Matip, and it's not just Virgil, and it's not Simicast falling asleep at times. I mean, you can argue that Simicast was the best defender on the pitch. And if he is ever your best defender on the pitch your defense is in real trouble, right? We all talk about how good he is going forward. He was the most checked on during that match. I think you could argue that that was, for me, and I've said this before, Virgil was terrible. Trent was, that's the worst match I've seen Trent play in a long time. He looked disinterested. He turns off twice. Matip didn't help him or do him any favors left him out to dry a couple times times where you think you'd actually be more checked on to try to help him out and support him. Cause he's clearly struggling. Um, Virgil not clearing that ball. And again, Virgil yelling at defenders, just looking like he's uncomfortable in organizing his own defense. And all of that. And I'd argue the biggest problem on the pitch is Jordan Henderson doesn't look like a shell of himself. And I think this team needs somebody in that midfield to be a catalyst for the energy that is delivered to this team. Sometimes it's fab. At times we've even said it might be Keita, you know, when he's playing out on the left. And a lot of times it's Henderson. And I felt like Henderson couldn't close anyone down. I felt that Henderson was at one of the worst performances I've seen him play. And I think, Paul, you mentioned a stat when we were prepping and talking earlier uh, of how few passes he made over a 60-minute period. And it just showed that he was nowhere near it. And I think when he's not on it, nothing works. Nothing in front of him works and nothing behind him works. So to me, it starts with our defense. And then it really hinders and hangs on the biggest problem we've had for 
over a year on this podcast we've been talking about. Everyone in our midfield keeps getting older, and somehow they actually look even older than they are right now. It's a scary combination. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's a loaded question. It's probably not fair to pick one person anyway, but I kind of like wanted to see, you know, what you guys saw as like where the problems start kind of deal. I mean, I kind of get the feeling that, you know, Dad says it was a shit show and it was a shit show because, and I think obviously midfield has a lot of problems when you, like you're saying, Bickler, when some of your world-class players, and I'm assuming when you named four or five, two of those probably include Fab and Thiago, are playing like that and you can't get pressure on the ball up top in this system, the defense is always going to be vulnerable. So it's kind of hard to pick up on the back four. So I understand what Klopp is saying there, but let's get to this whole trend thing. Cause I, I don't know if you guys listened to his press conference before the Brighton game, when he's giving a lecture about, you know, how people don't understand and you know like he does he's so confused why people don't understand and stuff like that and i have no problem with Trent being out of position based on the formation and stuff like that but it happened again freaking this game and i've been freaking like saying this over and over again it feels like every other game for every other goal we get scored on his recovery time and his you know intensity which is supposed to be our identity uh his intensity in getting back into position after he's beat or he's got cut out of position, just drives me nuts. He did the same thing again in the first goal where he does not track back fast enough to cover that space and the ball goes into the middle. What is your verdict on Trent as a defender or his current defending? Maybe it's not fair to put him as like an all-time like his defending because it's not the same Trent we've seen before. I don't care what Klopp says, and I know he's going to say the right stuff and he can't be like, yeah, Trent is really in shambles. But where do you put that at, Bickler, in terms of his lack of aggression in getting back? Is it just confidence? Is this whole international team thing and overall performances kind of like bringing him down? All right. So unpopular opinion right now. I think Trent is a capable defender who is in the worst form of his career right now. I think when you look at it on the face of it, though, I think he can defend one-on-one, and I think he's capable. You look at this match, he's Winning 50-50s on the floor at, a, at less than 45%, which is awful. We had a period of time in this game where Brighton had sustained pressure for almost like eight minutes, like in our box, where Trent scuffed three clearances in a row, like just scuffed them. And like, to me, that's a, that's a combination. of I, I think it's a combination of being inside his own head. I also think he's just supremely fatigued. Um, mm-hmm. I think the wheels are off. I think he's gassed. Um, and so the thing that we see as an issue with him being out of position and, and like, it's one thing to be out of position, but what you're complaining about is what we all see is this lack of what uh, it looks like. It looks like apathy. It looks like he's just the, the effort to get there is not important. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case as much as he's just absolutely gassed. I'm, and I think that affects all everything in your performance at that position being what we ask him to do going forward. I mean, I don't think that like, if you're making an argument that he's fatigued, I think that every sing, single statistic across the board makes sense when you look at him. I mean, over eight on crosses, like dude, we like, like that'd be hard to do on purpose. Like, 
I mean, for real, it would be hard to go out there and miss eight crosses on purpose. Like it, it's just um, something is seriously wrong um, across the board. And it's not just Trent, like in the, in the really scary thing to me, the really scary thing to me is not only is this fatigue across the board, but we don't have contingency plans for our most important pieces of it. So if you look at four, let's look at four world-class players on this side. Let's look at Mo Salah. Let's look at Fabinho. Let's look at Verge. Let's look at Trent. 12 months ago, you could make an argument for all four being arguably the best at their position in the entire world. They are the four that are probably underperforming the most below their mean, what we know as their average. In my opinion, Verge, Fabinho, Trent, and Mo have been the furthest beneath their, their, their mean. I think for Mo, you can make the argument that tactics have really hurt him, the tactical adjust- adjustments we've made. But the really scary to me, thing to me is not only their performance dipping, but the fact that we have no rotational answers for that. We made four, We made five subs in the Brighton match. Not a single one of those players was subbed. Not a single one of them. There's no answer for what do we do if Mo's out. There's no answer for what do we do if Fabinho's out other than James Milner and moving an old-ass Jordan Henderson to that spot. We have no answer for how we rest Verge regularly outside of Kanate, who's been hurt and is needed on the other side. We have no answer for a Trent. We bought one. He's been hurt. And that's the scariest thing to me. Yeah, I mean, that says, of course, Trent can defend, but when the team isn't playing well, it highlights the deficiencies. I think on both sides, I think it highlights the deficiencies of the the entire back line because because of our system if the ball if we can't put pressure on the ball i mean when you play that high line and the way we play yeah there's going to be openings all over the damn place and people are going to get exposed that nobody's that freaking good to be able to defend that non-stop so we can't put pressure on the ball as well as we used to and obviously the midfield keeps turning the ball over uncharacteristically even like players like thiago uh, was way off in his like you know simple passing, not even like you know trying to do the long diagonal or something like that. Um, and this is a point that I was going to ask, and let me ask you that, Galley. I mean, when I looked looked at the game afterwards, I was kind of like phone watching at like the uh, the cross country thing for Layla. Uh, I was that parent with the phone as they're like lapping around and watching. But then I rewatched the game afterwards. I, I just still do not understand the Milner substitution, and I do not understand why we would insist on – I mean, we, why take Costas out instead of Trent, who was clearly struggling? I mean, it's not like Milner is a left back. You could have played Milner right back too. Uh, there's no way that Klopp was taking Trent out on that performance as if it were – as if he were being taken out because it was for tactics. Like – if he had yanked Trent there, the story today would have been, has Jurgen Klopp given up on Trent? That, that's what people would have talked about. He went to a James Milner because Trent was playing so poorly. Listen, if there was a living, breathing right back, he deserved to be taken off in the first half on form, on merit. Like His play in the first half was really, really bad. And like we talked about, like the clearance where he hooks the ball back into the middle of the box, he just tries to clear it and it kicks it straight up in the air and it comes down in the middle of the box and they almost score their third goal. I mean, the one where he brings it down on his chest for the second one is all mental. 
The moment he puts it on his chest, he's giving up. We're conceding a goal in that moment. I think it's a mental thing. I think there's a there's something philosophically off with the kid right now. And now I think part of that is, is he's hit the hardest part of his form in his entire career. And I really do believe that there's a lot there going on between the ears. And I, I, I think that they embrace the sports psychology and he's admitted that he has felt the pressure of being, you know, the scouser in the side. And I think that it's hard when you come up at 18 years old and you're literally starting in two Champions League finals before your 19th birthday and everyone in the world tells you how great you are. And I think he's struggling mightily with the idea that the manager of the national team doesn't rate him as highly as he rates himself and the manager of his club rates him. And I, I think we are seeing what happens to a young man who loses confidence. And I think the idea of not playing in that World Cup is absolutely weighing on his performances for Liverpool. It can't all just be down to him being tired. Cause I, and I do agree. I think he's mentally and physically tired leading to mistakes, but I, I, I just, there has to be more than that. And I, I, I think that the uh, Simicast thing is that we're being fed a line of shit that Robertson will be back next week. And I think he's going to be out for a few weeks. And I think Klopp knows I only have one left back too. And he's got to play in 72 hours. Yeah. I mean, that's what Daz is saying as well. Like he got taken out because I'm, but I mean, this is a, these are three points you freaking needed. So what happened to, we go a game at a time. We see who's available and throw the same 11 out there. And I don't understand that. I mean, I understand and I agree to a certain extent. That's why probably Trent stayed in there, but we did that shit to Gomez, which I'm still bitter about. Uh, we we did that shit to Keita before. We have yanked players who have sucked in the first half, even. Like, we've taken out Lauren. I mean, I can go on and on. Klopp has done it before, but the, pers- the insist- I think he doesn't want to back from saying, and I know he wants to back Trent. Obviously, he's a younger player, and it is, I agree, Gally, that it, a lot of it in his head. I mean, you can miss kick a ball. You know, you can whiff it with the side of the foot and it rolls back. I mean, shit happens. But when it happens over and over and over again, a guy who normally does things very naturally can't do it. Obviously, it has to be something mental. Uh, by the way, speaking of, uh, boy says, you guys look worse as the season progresses. He says, just kidding. But, you know, every joke has some kind of... But so... What is the solution then? Because, I mean, like tomorrow's game, do we see Trent over there or do we see like perhaps like Gomez or Milner over there as right back, Bickler? Oh, I think you're going to see Trent. I mean. Absolutely. Uh, you could you could make an argument for Joe, but like what's the biggest, what is the biggest criticism that we always have when Joe Gomez plays right back? He's out of position. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it's like, and all you're doing is giving you another guy that we think is usually out of position that doesn't offer as much going forward. So, uh, I mean, I think it'll be Trent again until the wheels fall off. Um, I I don't think Trent until Ramsey is ready. God knows when that is. Yeah, I think so. What I, I don't think there's another option. I mean, I really don't. I mean, like, I don't think Gomez or Milner are sustainable options there. And the only one that you can make an argument for my, in my opinion, is probably Gomez, but I just can't see it. I can't see it. I think we're going to stick with Trent. And I don't know. The only long-term solution is if Ramsey comes 
is is healthy and takes us all by surprise and really pushes Trent for minutes. And that would be best case scenario. Uh, but that's it. I mean, there's no easy solution here across the board because we had issues that we knew were going to happen that we didn't address in the transfer window, and it's an old squad. And that's that yeah. to me is where it comes back to, Tamuchin. That's what I still struggle with. It's the age. It's everyone in front of them making – it's like each line is playing poor because the line in front of them isn't doing their job. Moe's not you know, playing to Moe's level – Bobby's doing a great job through the middle, but he's a unicorn. We all talk about it. He's a different cat than anything else we're going to have. And we probably won't get that type of vintage performance out of him. And as good as Diaz is playing at creating on the left, he's clearly doing things that it's making harder for Robo for Robo to do his job on the left-hand side. Cause his underlying numbers are all down. Tiago looks like he's aging and he's struggling a little bit to stay on the pitch. And Henderson kind of looks a shell of himself. And then we wonder why maybe Fabinho's doing extra work to cover two guys on both sides of him. And at times he's doing just as much work to cover Harvey Elliott and his deficiencies on one side. So it's like we have a team where our replacements are kids who aren't ready to play yet. Yet our supporters don't want us to go buy players because they may slow down the progression of those kids. It's like it's chicken and the egg. And all we need it were solid reinforcements for the last three to four windows. And we did nothing. And you know what? It gave all the people who bitch, and I'm not even going to FSG. It gives all the people who bitch about us not doing enough activity in the transfers, transfer windows the last two years. You're seeing it on the pitch because this side is getting older and older and slower. And unfortunately, you don't get younger as you get older. And that's what yeah, all this team yes, keeps doing. Yes. Don't, don't we all fucking know that? <laughs> Painfully know that. But uh, that says we're a well-oiled machine, but when all the parts are working, but when one part is broken, it breaks down. And I think that's like the biggest issue here is there is little fires everywhere. So it's not like just, one big I, fire to put out. I, but I get that analogy, but at the same time, the car is not going to run the same if it's 30 years old. You know what I mean? Like the, the actual machine is not going to run as well as it used to the older it gets. And I just think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a machine that's designed to run a certain way with parts that aren't going to operate the same that way that they did when they were five years younger. And so we didn't... what is the short-term uh, solution then to the current problem, Kelly? I mean, the short-term solution they, was gonna to get invest younger. in the window. We're talking about not being able to rotate as much, and you kind of have like a October here where uh, that says we got a Ford Escort right now, uh, pretty much. But it's just it takes you to work, and that's about it. Uh, but so, Gally, what is the short term solution? What is I your short term solution? Let's ask that one. I, I think the short term solution should be to make changes to the tactics, which we know won't happen. Okay. Yeah. We, we should be shifting to the talent we have. We've never done it, so why would we start now? You know, to Paul's point, you know, you could argue you have Elliot Carvalho and Jones, all three players suited to play in the number 10 off a striker, and all three will struggle to play in a midfield three, yet that's what we do. And our solution probably is Harvey Elliott replacing Jordan Henderson in the immediate future in the starting lineup. 
I think that's probably the first thing that's going to happen. I think we'll see it tomorrow. I don't know that it makes us that much better. I think a healthy Jordan Henderson would get us what does us the best. But here's the thing. We haven't seen that in eight to 10 months. What we need is, is players to come back to the form they had last March. Because it was around then that we went off the boil. Everyone likes to point to the end of the year in the Champions League or after AFCON. We didn't play well down the stretch either. Yeah, we won every game, but we need Fabinho to get back to top, top form. Because I think that strengthens the center of the defense. When he's playing at his top level, I think the center of our defense is better and in turn makes the other two midfielders operate smoother. So if you ask me the one player I feel getting back to top form would help us the most, it would probably be Fab getting back to top form. That would be my biggest fix. But I don't think there is a solution on this in this setup right now to their problems. I I honestly, we're never going to see this, but I am convinced and I will go to my grave convinced of this. I'm convinced that every single player in this current side would benefit from a switch to a 4-2-3-1 tomorrow. Like, I think it solves a lot of issues. It would it would cause Trent to play differently. So, I mean, Fact. you you got you to gotta weigh that out. Like, we are so used to having a system basically built around what makes Trent special, and that would nullify that. But I, I will insist that if you, if you sat Tiago and Fabinho in front of our center backs right now, that immediately makes us stronger. And then you've got you've got naturally wide players that in Mo and Diaz. I mean, Mo likes to invert himself, but I mean, I think they could cause problems out wide. You've got Nunez, who's a natural striker that can play up top. You've got Bobby if you want to recede into the ten roll, and you've got a slew of options that you can plug in the middle of the ten spot. It just makes so much sense to me. In fact, every single addition that we've bought for the squad has almost been tailor fit for a four two three one. And the fact that we don't play one is is so weird to me. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. we said that all summer, right? They're like, oh, that's what the change probably must be coming. Yep. It just makes sense and stuff. And it just that did not happen. I and mean, boss says someone said, I don't know who that someone is, but Fabinho is saving himself for the World uh, Cup. But, players I mean, do that. I think he's just basically, if that's the case, I mean, he's not a regular starter either. And after seeing this, I mean, he'll be making lucky to make the plane. You know what I mean? So I, I don't buy that at all. But I mean, yeah, the 4 2 3 1 makes sense. Is it just stubbornness or is it this is how club rolls they did not have long enough of a summer to get that kind of implemented i mean this is the same guy that trotted out midfielders as center back over and over and over again until I th- how long did it take before we just put they like Hey, you, 12 I, matches you without a win. Why don't you guys get out there as center backs and we put you know yeah. reese and freaking that nate out there to kind of fix the issue he, he, does, he doesn't make changes like this. I don't foresee him making this change as much sense as it makes. You know, we, we all questioned over the summer, is, is it him not buying players? Is it the players aren't on the list he wants, right? They're just the guys he doesn't want. Maybe deep down, he got frustrated that the organization and the, the club started buying the players for where they're going and not as much for him. Because it feels to me, actually, the more I watch it, even Carvalho, Nunez, Ramsey, these almost feel like they were purchases for the next round, maybe the next year or two, three down the line. 
And maybe it is towards a different style or formation. And maybe, you know, maybe for all we know, Klopp signed his extension, but talked to people behind the scenes and made people know, like, I'm coming back to run it back one more year. I ain't walking away winning half of the quadruple. But, you know, maybe this was going to be it. Maybe this is the end. Because I'll tell you what, unfortunately, whether we like it or not, this smells, feels, and looks an awful lot like how it ended in Dortmund. It was about this time in Dortmund that they started to hit the rope that they were mid table. And then by Christmas, they were in a relegation zone. And by January, he resigned. And I don't think he'll resign or leave Liverpool. And I don't think we're going to be in a relegation zone. But did you see him screaming at Fabinho from this touchline and Fabinho do this and just walk away? You never, ever saw guys look at Klopp when he's getting, when they're getting undressed. And Fabinho kind of looked at him like, you're yelling at just me? Like, it's just me right now. And I think it was after the third goal or the second goal. I don't remember which one it was, but Klopp is laying into him. And and the guy on the, you know, European feed I was listening to made comment of it. Like, you don't see players basically kind of stand up to Klopp or talk back to Klopp a little bit. He doesn't look like a guy on the touchline that every player is bought into these ideas. Because the players on the pitch don't look like they all look like they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Maybe it's just me and I'm reading into body language, but they're yelling at each other for a reason. People either aren't doing their jobs or they're questioning the job they're being asked to do. I don't see how they would be questioning it. If anything, they could be questioning each other's performances because they're doing the same goddamn job. I mean, this is pretty much the same damn lineup that was out there except Carvalho. I mean, for the most part, I mean, yeah, you had Costa yeah. and sort of Robertson, who we, you know, we agreed over time, no need to change it now, that he's a very capable backup that can do the job. And, you know, like we were like, oh, the backup left back position. So, I mean, really, aside from Carvalho, it's the same damn lineup. So everybody should have their jobs. But obviously, if your performance dip and if it's like across the board, I think maybe being singled out doesn't sound good because when everybody else is sucking, you're like, why me? You, you think that this team is pressing tactically to the same level that they have in years past? Because I don't see it. But they're pre- but that's not that's not what I'm saying, though. You're saying they're doing it's not like they're doing something different and they don't know what they should be doing and they're not buying it. They should be doing the same shit. We're just not doing it as well. Um, I don't see this side does not appear to me like they are set up in the same manner in which they have been every year that we've seen in the prior years. They look to me either. Maybe, maybe they're not doing the job they're being asked and therefore it's leading Klopp to being more frustrated and calling them out, but he's been more dour than he's ever been, which makes sense. They're losing. And I think, an act like his only wears thin when things aren't going well. Anyone who's ever had a boss who has the huge smile and tells everyone he loves them and hugs them and does everything great. They're, you know, I'm a sales guy, right? Those sales managers are the best managers in the world at the sales meeting and they're cheering you on and they're buying everybody drinks. Right. And then as soon as your numbers go down for a couple months and your phone rings, it isn't the same feeling, the same look. And after the meeting, they're like, Gelly, can you stay behind? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we have a conversation (laughs) about these numbers? How's that podcast going? Um, but I do think though that there is something to that, and I, I personally, I feel like you can almost even see it when the players come off the pitch and get subbed off. 
You're not seeing the big man hugs. You're not seeing the, it's not the same lovey feeling at Anfield. And I understand that, you know, when you're like Klopp, it's probably harder when you think he's disappointed in you or he's prickly or he's frustrated. But seven years is a long time to have somebody like be a maniacal type of a boss. And I think you're seeing that we haven't had enough refreshing of this side to keep bringing in fresh faces, fresh players with fresh ideas. And it looks really, really stale to me. And for all the, well, that's the same guys as last year, this, you know, and we had it before of, of one piece breaks. City's lost players in the last couple of years. Their machine doesn't fall apart. They've had guys fall off a of form. This has to be down to both the manager and the players getting it right. There's enough talent there for them not to be on 10 points through nine matches, period. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, what, what do you think, Bickler? I mean, is it a matter of maybe, like, obviously if the names are the same and the people in the locker room are the same, it's a lot easier for the manager's voice to get old instead of, you know, those people changing? Or is it just a byproduct of when you're not winning, when things are not going well, obviously there's not going to be as many smiles and hugs to go around. And obviously everything is going to be nitpicked a little more, right? I mean, if something happens when you're winning, you're like, ah, <laughs> uh, shit. But, you know, if you're losing, it becomes a much bigger deal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a little bit of all this. I'll just loop it back to the thing that I think that th we ran the legs off this team. I mean, you can't be the oldest team in the league in the most physically demanding system in the league. That doesn't work. And I think when you when you do that with a squad, that like, I mean, our starting, our our first choice starting 11 is 10 of the 11 players that we played in the like Champions League final four years ago. Like you can't, you can't do that. Like, and then like when these guys physically hit a wall, like, I don't know about you, but I don't, I, like when I'm physically exhausted, I don't, I don't do well with people screaming at me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I gave you all I have. I have nothing else. Like, you know what I mean? And I think I, it, it part of me feels really, really bad for, for our players because like, I, I see it as like, they gave us everything they have. There's nothing left in the fucking tank. These dudes are like in their thirties. Like well, that's, in in that's say what you want to say about city spending. City has consistently reloaded the cabinet, no, consistently reloaded the cabinet, and it's made it so that the squad that's internally competitive for spots for playing spots, there's always a fight for playing time in that team in a healthy way, and they're consistently loaded when there's injuries. They, I mean, you can make the argument that their weak spot is they've gotten real thin at center back, but they've addressed that. They've addressed that too this summer, and so like. It just boils down to one thing for me. You can't be the oldest squad in the league and play in the most physically demanding system. It doesn't work. Right. So it's more about like, you know, I mean, we talked about this before. It kind of goes hand in hand. At the same time, you build a squad and you want to, yeah, you want to kind of like reward the squad, but you got to do it at a certain extent where you got to be able to rotate and bring. I think we've done this. I think you were talking about it a bit earlier, Bickler, where we had these young guys and we were like, keep the path open for these young guys and not bring somebody like middle of the range. Was that you, Gally? I'm sorry. And it's okay. But we haven't like you don't we have not gotten what we yeah. thought we would. I was for example like Curtis Jones or somebody like that in that midfield. Uh, where we kind of reserve the spot. Your seat is open, but 
there is nobody in the damn seat. So four, two, three, one says boys, and then he says that's how he plays in FIFA. Yeah, well, that's why we should play it. That's why we should play it for one. But that's why we should play freaking FIFA to see how he plays this four, two, three, one. First of all, so FIFA twenty three is out. Uh, I know Galley, you're not a gamer. Bickler, have you joined the FIFA twenty three crew yet? Not yet. Nope. I'm still. I'm still just old timing it on FIFA twenty two like a peasant. <laughs> Well, it's out. I mean, I'm sure it'll be like a lot of patches coming out soon, but we're kind of like building the crew on the Discord channel. So join the Discord channel, throw your name and username in there. Uh, going to see how many people are like PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 and stuff like that. So we can get that league going. Uh, I hear Brazil is on there with names this time, Bickler. So you should probably run over and grab FIFA 23. So I know that was an issue in 22. Um Mateusz, the Polish prince, says this started three years ago. We were all on here and talked about how you need to start reinvesting because you'll hit that wall where you keep getting worse, expecting the same level forever. And yeah, I mean, sadly, it has kind of caught up on us. Um, Mateusz says news is FIFA 23 is trash. Uh, I don't know, it's just freaking uh same fifa there's always like some like stupid things that they never fix because they cash in out of ultimate team daz is still on commodore 64 the good old days the good old that sounds days. like so, a good time actually that was a good emily hughes soccer were you playing that back in the day bickler we were talking about this mecca no I, like my the the age the thing that shows my age is that i was big on nhl 94 sega genesis Kelly is like bring out the yeah. blood bring out the nope. blood Oh, Galley was so you never did sports games, Galley? I did, yeah. No, not I. I was a big hockey, NHL, NBA. I played the FIFA games early on. I mean, I wear. How the early crazy... are we talking here? That's what I was trying to get out of you, and you're like, oh, you know, NHL, like FIFA. He's uh, just like... a functioning adult with a job to mention, all right? Yeah, I, I'm talking <laughs> like when I was a 14 year old kid. So we're talking like 1992. You know, Holy shit. Okay. Well, you know what? Go get fucking FIFA 23 so you can join the, <laughs> join the disco chat in the league. So listen, tomorrow... I, I have a hard enough time competing on things with you and just getting beaten down for things on Discord, <laughs> beaten down on this. I don't need you giving me flack uh during you know uh playing cross-continental kids from all over the world, feeling like I'm literally, like, I'm playing against kids who can barely even, they're probably not even kids, and they'd still be throttling me. And then somewhere in the background would be, like, this Turkish dictator just yelling at people, like, get off my lawn! That was a bad <laughs> you know, pass. You know what I envision is, like, a 10-year-old beating your ass in FIFA while with his other hand he's making a sign that says, can I have your jersey? <laughs> For the weekend's game, I can, I can definitely see that because <laughs> these Whatever. kids are good. Them so kids don't Bickler. get out. Those kids don't get out and go freaking watch. Those kids sit at home on weekends and play video games. They don't go to actual football matches and ask for jerseys. <laughs> Damn man, the kids. He's not a pre <laughs> puberty galley days. Uh, says so. Tomorrow's game. Are we going to be? Thank God we're not doing the Thursday podcast. Will the Thursday podcast crew be just as miserable as us talking about the game, Galley? Or are we expecting something totally different tomorrow? I mean, yeah, tomorrow. Galley is like reminiscing about his childhood days. He's like, those were the days. So, what do you no, expect? I, 
I I I told you last week on this thing. You asked what I expected on Saturday, and I was like, I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> and I honestly, I expect to win tomorrow. I expect to win tomorrow because I think our reserve should be able to handily beat this Rangers team in their current state. This is not the Rangers team that went to the you know Europa League finals last year. It's not the team that you know got themselves and and got even got through qualification. Like they've been poor in the league. I I we have to win this match tomorrow. This is a must win tomorrow if we have any aspirations of getting out of this group in my opinion. And that's the thing. I mean at this point I think I mean I had to be the guy but the league seems further and further away from a possibility. So you got this Champions League thing going here. And obviously, that's why I think that I agree that this is a must-win game. You're at home. This should be a lock three points because, uh, I mean, your other home game now is with Napoli, which is not going to be the easiest game because, I mean, they're really rolling right now too uh, on this. Like, they kind of, like, have the group in hand by now and they don't have to. They can, like, they don't bring their ideal 11 or whatever. But how heavy of a rotation do you expect on tomorrow, Bickler? Uh, I mean, obviously, like Alan says, surely Nunez starts versus Rangers. I mean – these guys that came from international break, I don't know about Nunez because the way Klopp made it sound is he was told he can't play more than 15-20. I don't know if a guy who can only play 15-20 on Saturday is going to be able to do 90. Uh, but do, uh, you, I don't do trust, you see like Jota and stuff like that? That doesn't make any sense to me, though. Like, I mean, we've been playing him more than that anyway. Uh, just No, they said he had I, a hamstring, Paul. He had a hamstring back with a hamstring. international game, and he was not able to give. He was not going to. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be four or five changes tomorrow anyway. I think it's going to be mostly across the front, though. Uh, I think. Do you think there'll be some probably some change in the midfield? I think probably. I it feels like a Harvey start for me. Um, I think Diaz will start. Um, I think Jota will probably start. Um, I could see Jota through the middle with Diaz and Mo up top. I could see that. Um, and then, yeah, Harvey, Tiago. No, throw uh, Tiago out there again. I mean, you subbed him. You sub, you know, you, you gave him true. like yeah. you, you gave him thirty minutes off. Uh, like, I just, I mean, uh, there's not a whole lot of other options. I mean, I this could be. God forbid, dude. I could see us doing something like Trot and Milner out in the holding role. I really could for I Fabinho, think, which no. just absolutely <laughs> I like there's a big part of me that just fucking dies on the inside seeing that. Because we had a whole summer to make sure that what well, that didn't happen. Um so so that's like the holding role, Harvey, two two change up. Yeah, like four, four changes. I could see four changes. And that's the problem right now. I mean, here's the thing. Even if you come out tomorrow when win on until I see this team put two, three game performances back to back, it's going to be hard to kind of say, okay, this is what I expect to see. Does the fact that it's a European game, Champions League, different atmosphere make it different for the players, Gally? Mindset wise, approach wise? Maybe it allows them a little bit of freedom just because they know that it's a league that they've had some, you know, it's competition they've had success in. There's the whole aura around European nights at Anfield and just the mentality of the difference of it's not another league match where we have to like 
go through, like we drop two points or whatever. I think there'll be rotation at the center back position. I don't think he's going to start Matip and Van Dyke. So I think one of the two of them has to be rested. And whether that's, you know, the real question is, is they say Kanate has been in training for seven full sessions. So if Kanate is fit, I feel like he has to start. Now, does he start with Virgil or do you start him with Matip? Do you start him with Gomez? Like Virgil needs a break. Like for me that I, I would sit Virgil tomorrow. I, I really would. That's where I would go. Again, we do this every week, guys. And then we come back yeah. and say, but he won't. But he won't. <laughs> like, I want him to give me Kanate and Gomez at the back and, like, see what they have together. And, like, if you got to play James Milner, even play him at right back. I'm with Paul. If you're going to play James Milner, let Trent sit down and just don't attack on that side. Like, hang back a little bit. But that's the other thing. We never shift our tactics. We take Trent out of the game, and Milner is still the most furthest person upfield. And then we're pissed off. Crazy. Well, then we're pissed off because he can't get back. So, like, that's like American even... football stuff where you just plug another dude in the slot receiver and just run the same route. Like, it doesn't work, buddy. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like when, like, when the Patriots were that, like, crazy, crazy, like, offense, you know, and they had Welker and Moss and all these pieces, and a guy'd get hurt and they'd be like, yeah, just, uh, uh, just put that backup fit wide receiver. He can run. And they're like, Wes Welker might be the best slot receiver ever at this point of his career. Like, and in the quarterback throws it before he breaks because he knows where he's going but anybody can do that it's 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 illogical and i will tell you if there is one thing at the end of the day when we all write the book on this chapter of liverpool right if there is a caveat or if there is a chapter to still be written it will be like what could have been had clock been slightly open to changes because we criticize other managers all around world football for being so stuck in their ways and so fundamentally sound to one thing and not having a plan B yet. We've never had that in this whole entire time. And before he had the horses for it, we just didn't get results. Then we got the players. He needed. We started getting the results he wanted and started winning the things he expected. Yet, whether it was him not wanting new horses or the stable not wanting to reinvest in new horses, whatever it was, as soon as we stopped replenishing it, it doesn't work. And I feel like that's where we are right now. And I don't know that this will change. I don't think there is a fix in this roster or on this side. I think we are in for a long, long year. And I think we are fighting right down to the end of the season to get back into the top four. That was my last question before we leave over here, Bickler. I mean, do you think with these guys coming back now, I mean, Ox should be right around the corner, I would think, right? If Keita and Ox for, you know, on a part-time basis. I mean, but at least, you know, Konate coming back, um, hopefully, you know, having everybody back for the front line, will that change things? I mean, are we, I mean, to me, it was always like, let's just get through this freaking October and then get ready for the new year after the World Cup. Obviously, not a good start to it, but it's a matter of just, like, stringing some games and getting out of this October 
because there is still enough I mean, talent out there. This is this is the problem though, and this is the problem I have with Jurgen sitting there and counting off all the midfielders like at the beginning of the year as reasons that he wasn't he didn't need another midfielder. But we can't change that. We're, I'm saying like right now, what we have, what's will happen. Right, but what I'm saying is we're now back to talking about people that have never been reliable ever and saying do you think this is going to be the catalyst for change like no like because they've never been the catalyst for change like none of them like so i mean the best case scenario is that we get a renewed nabby that can hold up and and come in and actually kick off for us that's it like i just don't like we've we've never had a situation where ox and jones consistently came in and made us better ever um, and as poor as our starting 11 has been and as old as our starters are, they probably still aren't an improvement. And that's more, I think, uh, I think that's more of a reality of where those players are at than anything else. I'm still holding hope that especially Konadi coming back, I, the midfield is going to be the issue. Like, I feel like that's one area that I don't see kind of like what Bickler is saying your galley is. I don't see anybody out of these names coming back and saying that should solve some of the problems unless we make a change in the formation, which we will not. So we'll go around and around and around because, you know, it's not like, oh, once Curtis Jones is back, everything is going to be a lot better or anything like that. And we're never going to get Harvey and Carvalho, while they're like great talents for the future, they're never going to suddenly figure out defending and be able to solve the midfield issues. So that's, I think we're going to get stuck at, but that's why I feel in some ways getting out of this October was going to be key. But and yeah, I we totally I'm glad Trevor said something. No faith in Arthur to be useful at all. Guys, what is this guy? Do we see him tomorrow? You know, I I it's so ridiculous. I almost jokingly said earlier, oh wait, and maybe Arthur gets his start tomorrow. But like if Arthur can't find his way on the pitch with five subs in the Premier League, literally, he can't – it makes no sense. It really doesn't. I know Klopp's saying all the right things. Maybe he never plays a minute. Could he sneakily start tomorrow for Tiago? I think he could because I don't know that Klopp's going to roll Tiago out there twice in 72 hours. Um, I don't think you know that. <laughs> that makes me nervous. Now, you know what makes me just as nervous? Starting Harvey Elliott and Arthur in the midfield together because <laughs> neither oh of them doing God. much defending on the. Could you imagine that? Uh, maybe with James Milner to babysit in between them <laughs> as they get in a fisticuffs <laughs> over which one played worse. Um, I, yeah, to steal a line from Maka, I'd have more faith if the cartoon Arthur had showed up, honestly, on transfer deadline day. Because I think the aardvark might have added more to the locker room and to the fitting room um, than this guy. Because honestly, Arthur basically is Brazilian for sideways pass. I feel like I feel like his arrival looked really similar to like the arrival of the kid in Adam Sandler's Big Daddy when he just showed up on the doorstep and Sonny was eating Chinese. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like that kid is Arthur and, and Sonny is like Jurgen Klopp eating like a box of Chinese, and they're like, "Hey, we got this for you." 
and he's like, he's like, I didn't need anybody. They're like, yeah, you did. We got one for you. <laughs> like, and that's the thing, you know. Jamie says Arthur has barely played competitive football in a year. He's needed this time to get match fit. Now, why the fuck did we buy him in the last <laughs> yeah. day? Especially after saying we just need the right fit. I mean, the right fit surely yeah. wasn't a guy out of shape. It's it's frustrating, aggravating. I mean, then we shouldn't have signed him at all. Like, if he was never going to be able to play, I'm thinking actually we will see an Arthur appearance tomorrow. Uh, I don't think starting, but I think we see him off the bench tomorrow. We freaking should. I mean, if we're, before we have another injury with one of these guys that, you know, already are performing below their levels and we're saying it's due to fatigue, you know, you don't want to try it. I mean, I agree with the Galley. Like, you don't want to put Thiago out there again in 72 hours. You probably don't want to throw Henderson out there in, in that time of period either. Maybe Fab, but, yeah, I mean, you're going to throw Elliot. There's an other slot open. So I can still see the, you know, Arthur maybe squeeze in there, but I highly doubt. Trevor says maybe it has a translation, a right fit instead of yep. not fit. I mean, it. I mean, I don't understand why we waited, 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 waited for the right fit and I got a guy. Yeah. It's the comic yeah. thing all I over mean, again. It's a forced buy. The ownership was like, you're taking another body, period. Like... Here's the player. Davies. We'll, yeah. We will actually see for real at Anfield yeah. uh, tomorrow, by the way. He will be real, or he'll be the, just a hologram running around. The oh, you know as well as I do, man. That dude's going to, that guy's going to trip walking into the stadium, turn an ankle, and they're going to, it's going to come out like over the intercom. They're going to be like, oh, Ben Davies, unable to <laughs> unable to start for Rangers today. And literally people in the crowd are just going to be like, I told you he wasn't real. <laughs> Injured during warm-ups is what I'm waiting for as well. Okay, real quick score predictions. Get the optimism out, people. Bickler, what you got? We loaned them. Why would you we know what? Ah, don't get me started, Jimmy. I'm treating I mean, Liverpool like a lot like any sort of new relationship where I have absolutely no expectations anymore because I just do not want to be disappointed. But I will go ahead, I'll be super positive. I don't feel good about it. I'll say 3 0. Ooh, for a guy that's not positive, that's pretty darn good. I'll take that. I thought you were going to yeah. squeeze in a 2 1 or something. Gally, what do you have? Yeah, I, I'm going to be less positive. I'm going to say it's 3-1, and I just don't see that they've shown me that we won't get hit somewhere during this match, either on the counter um, or just somehow Rangers will do something stupid, will do something stupid. So I'll say they find a way to get one on us. Um, we score three, and I, I do think Nunez starts. I just hope he plays well because I think that guy needs a good performance as much as anybody does right now. And I think that would give the side a shot in the arm as well. I go with 2-0. I'm going with a clean sheet over here, people. This optimism is going to wear out really fast, though. I mean, it, it's just kind of – it has been painful to watch. The dogs are extremely disappointed uh, with my overall moods because, uh, you know – when we're coming back, the, the snacks are not coming out like if we're ahead. So they're kind of disappointed with this uh, new scheme. Um, so uh, let's go with that. Let's get some three points. And then on Thursday, the boys hopefully will talk about a new win. I'll be back tomorrow morning. We'll do like an early preview with Trevor for the game. 
And then let's hope we get the three points and we'll be back together as the gang. Bickler with his hoodie and we'll be back live next Monday night with a brand new trivia question. I'm sure BJ will brew one up for you guys. Can we, Thanks a lot, everybody. We, for Go ahead. Can we can we just come back for once? Can we come on this can Monday podcast after a win <laughs> so we can fucking talk about like drubbing Arsenal people? Like, I'm serious. I Kelly said to me, she's like, it's Monday. I don't understand. Monday was always your favorite day of the week. Yeah, it used to be fun to do this shit. Now I literally, it's like literally going to therapy. And I now, yeah, now trivia is the high point. That's how far we yeah, trivia. I'm looking for you, know, you and goddamn trivia. I swear. It feels hey. better just having a 15 minute roast session during trivia on me and Galley than just talking about this. Hey, it does. We get through trivia. Because like, if you lose the Arsenal, that's what your guy is getting next Monday, probably. Because yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it has become a therapy session instead of kind of some analysis and you know uh, talking about the good times. It's to be the but, highlight hey, of my week. Gotta go through some bad times to get to the good times, people. So let's hope the boys turn it around. I mean, I see it all over the place. They need our support more than ever, which they do. But at the same time, you got to call out what you see, too. You can just be, like, watching the games with, like, blinders on. So there's, like, a, a good happy medium that should be done. That I see posts where it's, like, either, like, if you don't support them now, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you still got to see what's wrong so things get hopefully improved. And improved they shall. Tomorrow we will start the winning streak. And then, yeah, hopefully with the Arsenal one, we'll have some uh, – good conversation because i'm sure kelly that's basically kelly saying you're really crabby today by the way but that's, that's yeah yeah it's part. basically telling me <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot everybody for joining we'll see you guys next monday take care